Morning, everybody. Dr. Tim and Hillary for another session of Dr. Tim's Aquatics Podcast. How are you doing this morning, Hillary? I'm, I'm doing all right. I've spent, spilt my coffee a couple of times, which doesn't make me very happy, but ready to move onward for the day. Okay. Well, yeah. Makes everything a mess, doesn't it? It does. And, and it's spilled coffee. It's just such a huge party foul. Yes. I never understood the coffee cups that people design where the base is narrow and the top is wide. No, it doesn't it, make any sense. No, because all the heat's coming out the top. The base should be wide and the top should be narrow to retain the heat and stabilize the cup. But that's got nothing to do with aquariums, so... <laughs> Just, Next up, just an observation. Lime specialty coffee cups. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get to we'll solve the uh, nuclear physics after this. It's, world peace. That. Yeah, world. Well, Solving all the problems yeah, today. Well, we're not running for beauty contests, so I don't know about world peace. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Let's. We've got questions. Lots of questions. Um, yeah, we sure do. All right. Let's get started then. Okay, question number one. Should I clean my PVC pipes in my aquarium, the return pipe and the overflow pipe, etc.? I heard in your podcast about biofilm that the nitrifiers build up there. Should it be removed with caution or is it okay to have it there? Uh, I would recommend cleaning. Clean your the pipes, clean the tubing if you're running a canister filter. All that, all that stuff, water runs through, gets clogged up, it slows your... Uh, water flow rate, the nitrifiers can find other places to live. So definitely on a regular schedule, clean the pipes and tubing. Because also, if you ever have disease outbreak, those biofilm areas are great reservoirs where the disease-causing organisms can live. Because even if you treat, and generally people don't treat their bulk aquarium, but if you were to treat with antibiotics or or even, you know, witch hazel or... Hold on, what? Witch hazel? Yeah, witch hazel. What? Okay, hold on. I feel like there's a tangent there. Yeah, there is, but we'll continue on. What? No tangent? No. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> but let me finish my thought. We'll come back to that. Uh, witch hazel okay. or a lot of people use hydrogen peroxide which is an oxidizer to kind of dissolve things. But if you have this thick biofilm on the inside of your tubing and pipe, the hydrogen peroxide is not going to work as well. So witch hazel. There's several more more and more people are using. Now, witch hazel is a natural uh, ingredient. It's an astringent. So it, it's, it's like a um, kind of like alcohol, you know, it cleans off things. And... Somebody had asked this in a podcast. I thought we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago or, or somebody. Maybe it was another when I was visiting. That's it. I think it was when I was talking to uh, Reef Bum. Um, and I, I'm not okay. sure because somebody had called in and asked me about witch hazel. I've never used it, but more and more people are 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 using it. I don't really know the results. Like I said, I don't have any direct experience with it. So that's one of those things we'll have to look at. But uh, I know people use it to, you know, clean your skin and uh, I won't say sterilize, but it's not as rough as alcohol. I'm pretty I hadn't. That's the first time I've heard about it. I use it to clean my face after I wear makeup and stuff. So, right. All sorts of applications. Who knew? It's just one of those things. It's like, well, who decided? I've got this nice aquarium, or maybe it wasn't that nice of an aquarium, and that's why they said, well, what could I lose? Let's, some, let's rub this thing or dump some witch hazel in here and see what happens. 
All right. Next question. Okay. I'm going to be cycling my 200 gallon tank. Should I use one and only for saltwater aquaria or one and only for reef? Are they the same product or are they different? Okay. So the one and only saltwater and reef are exactly the same product. So you can use either one, whichever one you can find. Yep. Exactly the same. Concentration is the same. The only thing is the label. And that is marketing. You know, we have to face marketing reality. There's a lot of shops that are reef centered. And a lot of people think that unless the bottle says reef, that it's not safe for my tank. And it, I, I don't know if I understand this, but people say, well, it says salt water. Is it good for my reef? Salt water, reef, marine, it's all the same. But um, I guess people are just being super cautious. So uh, based on um, demand from stores, it's like you need to make a product that's labeled for reefs. We have that reef line, which sells very well. So it be the right thing to do. All right, good answer. Question number three. I just bought my first bottle of one and only from my LFS, and it has an expiration date of June 2022. I was reading that the product is good for six months at room temperature, but my LFS doesn't remember when they got the product in stock. Is it still okay to use based on the expiration date or should I get a new bottle to use? How can I tell if the product has expired before the labeled expiration date, if it has been on the shelf longer than six months? Well, you can't really tell unless you were to uh, do some testing. And basically the test you can you can do is put it in the tank and see if, if you start getting nitrification. If you start if you have a, a one and only that's date labeled a while ago. So we we date label a Best Buy for one year. So that product that says Best Buy June 22 was bottled in June of 2021. And it will be fine. It will be better than not adding anything. But the older the product is, what I would recommend is using slightly less ammonia in the beginning. So we normally recommend four drops per gallon. Use one or two drops per gallon. If you, Now, this is how you tell if it's any good. You should start seeing within a couple of days the ammonia dropping. And that tells you that the product's working. You might... You might see some nitrite, you might not. And nitrate, as I said many times, don't waste your money or your time measuring nitrate when you first start cycling a tank because the test kits just can't measure nitrate at these low values. So that's not a good indication. When you open the bottle, and if any of our bacterial products, if the smell is really bad, don't use it. I mean, I'm, you know, hydrogen sulfide, then it's just gone bad. Don't use it. Other than that, especially with the one and only, they're pretty resilient organisms. All bacteria are, and they haven't died. They, they maybe have slowed down. Get them in the water, get some, a little bit of ammonia in the water, give them a little extra. You know, some people expect incorrectly that they're going to start seeing results in 15 minutes. That's not going to happen. We, we get that. I added my ammonia and my bacteria 15 minutes ago, and my ammonia still hasn't disappeared. It doesn't happen that fast, folks, okay? unless you were to basically pour, have the tank, nothing but the one and only bacteria. Uh, that's why we say measure overnight. But in a day or two, you start seeing the ammonia disappear. That tells you the bacteria are fine. They're working and you can proceed and you don't have to go buy more bacteria. Okay. Good to know. 
Patience. I will add to that patience. Always have patience. We talk about it all the time. Okay, moving on. Number four. Do you recommend using clear clear up for newly established tanks? My tank is about 30 days old and was started with live rock and dry rock. I also used one only. I don't have any ammonium or nitrites, but my water is slightly hazy. I'm assuming due to the young biology. How would would clear up help this? Really hard to tell. Uh, because clear up works by coagulation. It takes small particles, these are inert particles, and sticking them together to make big particles that then the mechanical filter can remove, you know, strain out of the water. If the cloudiness is due to bacteria, just bacteria blooming, which which not nitrifiers, these are heterotrophs. But when you start using live rock and live sand, you know those there are organics in the water. And if there are organics in the water, you're going to get a bacteria bloom nine times out of 10. So without more data, I would say that this is a bacteria bloom caused by the organics in the water. And in that case, the clear up is probably not going to help because the bacteria are just going to keep on multiplying until you reduce the organics in the water. If you really want to clear the haziness, what you would add is the waste away. Basically, it's like a backfire. When you you live in California, there's a fire. They set what's called a backfire where they burn the unburned material, and that gives the fire no fuel takes the fuel away. Well, that's what you're going to do with by adding liquid waste away is that you take all, you basically get rid of all the organics. Maybe your tank even gets worse before it gets better for a few days. And then it clears up because once the organics are gone, the bacteria can't multiply and the water clears. If that doesn't work, super frustrated, the cloudiness, then uh, fine filtration with like a micron cartridge. You can coat it with diatomaceous earth. That's old school, but it works. There's nothing wrong with being old school or and or you could you could temporarily add a uv to the water you know i'm not a big fan of constantly running uv because it harms the the good bacteria in the water but for short periods just to solve a temporary problem of cloudiness there's nothing wrong with using a little bit of of uv to clear the water up because of course people want clear water so there's a couple of different solutions you have there I like it. A variety of different options. Okay. Speaking of different options, question number five. What is the difference between freshwater and the pond version of EcoBalance, Waste Away, and First Defense? Technically, there's nothing. A little more concentrated in the pond version because in order to work out when you start having sunlight on bacteria or in the first defense on chemicals and vitamins, the sunlight negatively affects them. So we add a little bit more. So a little higher concentrated with the pond products. But between freshwater and koi pond, exact same product in all cases. All right. Good to know. Okay. This next one is a long one. It's one that came in on the info emails. So I'm going to go over it. Um, I think you may have already answered this via email, but I'll go slow. Okay, I have a 75-gallon tank overstocked with African cichlid, a shower filter, purigen, well-oxygenated water, three to four inches of non-disrupted sand trying to accomplish denitrification. A bunch of Malaysian trumpet snails. I feed my fish nine grams of pellet per day 
that's commitment right there. Measuring out those nine grams. I'm impressed. <laughs> um, let the algae grow on the glass and the rocks, full spectrum light, eight hours a day, dose eco balance on a monthly basis, first defense each 15 days and waste away once a week, a day after the water change. Due to high nitrate levels, I'm doing water changes of 80% per week and siphon the top of the sand to keep it clean. I hoped I could reduce the water changes by using waste away, but after three to four days of the water change, the nitrates reach over 40 parts per million, red color, according to my API master kit. Would you advise adding more waste away or doing small water changes every day to be able to reduce water changes at least once a week. What else can I do to reduce the nitrates? The best course of action for you. Never mind. Ignore that last part. That was part of your answer. All right. Well, there's there's lots of different solutions. You could just uh, convince your uh, significant other that you need a 375 gallon tank and just move everything. Right? Bigger, more volume. That would reduce the nitrate. Exactly. Yeah. That's the easy. That's the by far the easiest. Bigger is always better. Bigger, especially when it comes to aquariums. Um, but it's, it's, well, that's one solution. So this is the textbook case of why we make a variety of products to deal with nutrients. We have liquid waste away. We have the waste away gels. And we don't talk about it a lot, but we also have our NP active pearls. And when you have a lot of fish and you're feeding a lot and you're generating a lot of nitrate, the pearls are really the best way to go. And that's because the waste away works when you add it. So let's start with the liquid waste away. Now, you can add it every day, but it's converting the into bacteria, but in a freshwater system, especially where's that going? And you're just overwhelming. How much back? To, how, many, how much waste away do you need? You know, that's kind of an unanswerable question. You just have to keep on increasing and increasing the dosage, and that becomes a pain. So you could I mean one good possible solution. You could go with waste away gels. So that's going to automatically dose a little bit of waste away into the system 24/7. You might get a little bloom in there as there's lots of nutrients with that high waste uh, nitrate, I'm sure there's high phosphate. But in this case, since the overall goal is to really reduce the number of water changes from at least from at least down from two to one per week, I would set up a reactor and go with the waste uh, with the MP active pearls combined with some type of mechanical filtration. I mean, you could do filter socks. That would be the best because why do you need filter socks? The waste away, uh, I'm sorry, the MP active pearls are going to generate biomass as the bacteria take the nitrate and phosphate out of the water, grow on the pearls and consume the biodegradable pearl. So you're growing bacteria and you're going to grow it in a biomass. That as the pearls are churning in the reactor, the biomass will break off. Now in a saltwater aquarium, Normally, the protein skimmer would remove that biomass or the coral, if it landed on any of the coral, the coral would ingest that biomass. It's just nothing but bacteria. It's great food for them. Saltwater systems obviously don't have coral and they don't usually have, have skimmers because skimmers don't work that well unless you have super micro bubbles and more aeration. And that, that's a whole other subject of how to do protein skimming in fresh water. It can be done. So you need a different way of removing 
the bacterial biomass because that's the final step. If you don't remove the bacterial biomass, it will degrade and just produce more nitrate. So in a freshwater system, you could have the water returning to the tank from the uh, reactor through filter socks. Now, filter socks are going to clog up. So you got to make sure you have an overflow in there because they'll clog up when you're not there. And then the filter sock will start to overflow and you don't want it on the floor like Hillary's coffee twice this morning. You want it back in the tank. So you, you can put some holes at the top of the filter sock so that the water can escape. Or you could use um, like blue fuzzy pads in a tray system. And while not as efficient initially as filter socks, they will still become clogged up. And you're going to get a lot of bacterial biomass in the beginning because you have a lot of nitrate. Once the nitrate gets down and it will drop, you know, down to about 8 to 10 ppm, then you're going to be generating light, uh, less biomass and you won't have to clean your filter socks or pads as much. And there's actually on cichlid-forum, um, several threads. You just search, you usually using NP Active Pearls, but there's uh, people that have posted about using the NP Active Pearls in cichlid tanks to, to drop the nitrate. It works very well. What you have to come up with is a way to trap the biomass that's produced and then an easier for you, the easiest way to remove that, whether it's just a bunch of trays, someone used a Tupperware and put blue fuzzy pads, it kind of made a trickle filter and called, I think called it a hillbilly trickle, trickle filter. And it works fine. You know, what you can do to change because you want to get that material out and make it easy to clean. But, but definitely I would suggest trying the pearls, adding the waste away. You're just not there that often. The gels are uh, kind of an in-between where you don't have to buy a reactor and set up a reactor. So maybe that's what you start with is, is using the gels, but you're still going to need some type of mechanical filtration to trap the resulting biomass uh, and then clean and remove that biomass. Did that answer all the parts of that question, Hillary? I think so. I think yeah. you even got the link for the website in there. So we'll try and put that in our show notes as well. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, def definitely there are, there are ways. The bacteria in fresh water work just like the bacteria in salt water. So just because you can't put a, or you can put a skimmer, but just because protein skimming in fresh water is not as easy doesn't mean you can't use pearls, especially in big tanks. I mean, we have these crazy dentists, not saying all dentists are crazy, but we have some customers that happen to be dentists that have large tanks that literally nine grams, these people are feeding like nine pounds. They just feed like crazy. And then they wonder why their tank is overrun with algae. Well, the lights are on all day. The office lights are on all day and you're overfeeding. Algae's saying, thank you very much. We'll live here for now. So uh, you can control that with uh, using MP Active Pearls. Uh, because the pearls are working 24-7. The bacteria are always working, always removing the nitrate. That's the benefit of using the pearls. I didn't really talk about that. Is that light or dark, the system is working to remove nitrate all the time. And it's once you set it up, um, to talk about the pearls a little bit. The pearls are bio biodegradable. They're providing carbon source and a substrate for the bacteria to grow on. It takes a couple of weeks for them to start working. They are slowly going to disappear. 
So you need to add back. Don't wait until all the pearls are empty because then you or the, the reactors empty of pearls. You need to replenish them. As you start to see the amount of uh, pearls go down, add more new pearls into the system. And then you'll read in this forum that people say, you know, this is great, but the pearls are all sticking together and it's generating lots of biomass. Well, yeah. That's what it's supposed to do. You have a tank full of nitrate that you're trying to get rid of. We're converting that into bacterial biomass that wants to stick together. So initially, it's going to be a little bit of work. Once you get it, you know, the nitrates and phosphates down, it'll generate less biomass and be less work. But that's a long, I mean, that's the long-term solution, a little bit of work in the beginning to accomplish your goal of uh, less frequent water changes and better water quality in your tank. I feel like that's something we all want is less water changes and better water quality. Yeah. Notice I said, I didn't say no water changes, but less, 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 never no water changes. No. Anything right. that says magic run from. <laughs> don't, don't trust it. Yeah. Okay. Question number seven. Recently, I put a bottle of one and only in my tank, followed by your ammonia solution to start cycling. I made a mistake by not taking the filter socks out. A day later, I realized it and I removed the filter socks from the tank. I visually noticed unknown debris in the socks, possibly one and only and or sand particles. I'm unsure. I was going to put the socks loose in the sump, but my partner accidentally cleaned the socks of debris. Whoops. My question is, should I add a new bottle of one and only into the tank and effectively start over or leave it as is and hope for the best? Well, the first thing I got to say is you have a good partner. Clean the filter socks. You don't know too many people that do that for you. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Nice. Well, the chances are not all the bacteria were removed by the filter sock. So initially, you can start adding a little bit of ammonia and see if it converts. And if the ammonia is reduced, then you have bacteria and you can continue on. But if two or three days you know, into the process, the ammonia is not dropping, then yes, you're going to have to buy more bacteria. And you don't have to drain anything, just going to have to buy more bacteria and add it back into the system because they were trapped and removed um, in the filter sock. They, you know, we're not always trying to tell people to buy more, th buy more, especially in this situation. It's more, uh, what's, your, what's your patience level? Here we go again. If you're willing to let the few more days go by before the tank cycling, that's probably going to happen because it's highly undoubtful that the uh, or highly doubtful that the filter socks removed 100% of the bacteria. So it's just going to take the bacteria that are remaining in the tank a little more time to catch up. But if you're in a hurry, yep, add more bacteria. Yep. And kind of off topic, but still something you mentioned. I think we're pretty good about like helping, trying to help people troubleshoot like what products they need. Like, yeah, sure. We always want to sell products, but we're not going to try and sell you something that you don't need if, you know, it's a different solution. Like turn your lights back. Right. And, and it's it's like we've said many times, it just depends on how fast, you know, you want to cycle the tank. I don't know if you have the question. There's so much ways we get questions about the the woman who has fish coming and she's trying to cycle a bare bottom tank and she's up against a deadline. And Oh, yeah. I think I read that one with a bunch of discus. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we write a lot. I talk about it a lot. A bare bottom tank is just not going to cycle. I don't care how much plastic media, ceramic media, filter blocks, all that stuff. It is not going to cycle as fast as a tank where the substrate is covered. And it, it's, I mean, I don't, I, well, I'm pretty sure I know why. It's because the bacteria really don't have a place to attach. They don't attach to the ceramic media or the blocks and crawl in. You know, they, they, don't, they don't do that. There's probably not any water going through those blocks unless you've made a wall that the water has to pass through. I've talked about that. Water takes the path of least resistance. So unless you have the pump directing the water, making it go through those blocks or any of that media so there's no bypass, the bacteria were probably, you know, removed somewhere else or or they need media. Nitrifying bacteria don't grow and multiply very fast in the water column. They really want to stick to something and you just haven't provided the right, the right environment for them. That's why bare bottom tanks take longer to cycle. Solution, I've said it many times you can get some of our remover put us put it just a shallow layer you know we don't have to put a half an inch an inch thick just a single layer of remover on the bottom the bacteria settle why because we grow them on a particle so they're on they're trying to settle they'll attach to the media and for a little while you don't have to have this you know all the time get the tank cycled get a bacterial population going make it safe for your fish and then over time, you can start removing the, the remover, you know, the, the biofilter, because the bacteria will be growing somewhere else. Don't remove it all fast, but over a month or two, you can slowly remove it if bare bottom is really the look you want. To start off with a straight with a bare bottom tank, adding the bacteria and expecting it to cycle quickly, that's just not been my experience ever. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. I threw in an extra question or an extra answer. I, I, I like it. All right. So question number nine, my ammonia and nitrite are both at a quarter part per million now. Do you add four drops per gallon again once the ammonia hits zero or is it half the dose, like two drops per gallon? I'm worried that adding more ammonia will slow down the process. No, you add four drops. If you're down to 0.5, I'm, and I'm assuming you've added the ammonia once, it went for, you know from two down to 0.25. Your nitrite is 0.25. You're right on uh, schedule for the for the cycling. So add four more drops. Go for it. All right. This next one is a pretty simple one, but I think it's a good one to ask. We talk about filter socks a lot, and so this question is: What are filter socks? Well, you know, I mean, you think not all tanks use filter socks. So if you're a beginner, like I feel like I didn't use filter socks in my tanks, you know, first five years. Like I always had hang on back filters and I never used filter socks, but I would hear people talking about them. Like, what are those? So how to describe filter socks? Well, um, what they're not, they're not a sponge. They're not the blue fuzzy pad. They're, they're a not a, some type. I mean, I think they're nylon, what they're made out of. They're material, some type of, of man-made nylon rayon or something like that, that um, have, you know, a, they're, they have a, they're circular at the top. And then this sock can be various lengths and it's uh, sealed at the bottom and on the sides of this nylon material. And 
the opening, so the water goes down the center and then it pours out. Initially, it pours out the bottom, but as the lower material of the sock, and, and just picture a sock with a plastic ring at the top where you put your foot in, you know, that plastic ring helps keep the shape. And then you have this material, it obviously doesn't have a heel, but it's sealed at the bottom and the water can come out the bottom or the side. And it's very fine filtration. I mean, there's filter socks at 100 micron openings, 200 micron, 300. So it's much finer mechanical filtration than sponges or fuzzy pads. That's good or that's bad. If your tank is cloudy and you're trying to use like clear up to have a flocculent material to make the particles bigger, the filter socks will easily remove those those bigger particles, whereas they'll go right through maybe a sponge or a fuzzy pad. The downside, <coughs> excuse me, the downside is that the filter socks are going to clog faster. And that's why when using filter socks, you usually want to have multiple so that you can take the dirty one, remove it, and put it put a clean one in and then the dirty one you you clean out with a you know your your sprayer from your sink or some people use pressure washers to really clean them out uh, just because you know they're going to get clogged but it's a very fine mechanical filtration and generally they're used in sumps so you have the water that pours into the sump sometimes the water from the tank goes directly into the filter sock which which has got a holder in, built into the sump um that that can be okay it's just you've got to realize it's going to clog i would always pre-filter if if you could with something that gets the bigger material first uh, then that water pours through the filter sock before going into the tank um, filter socks can be, you know, if you have, are feeding a lot, you have a lot of detritus in the water, can be really good. If you're doing corals, I'm not sure, personal preference, you need a filter sock because you don't want to remove all that uh, particulate material, organic material, because bacteria are growing on that and that's good food for the bacteria, for the corals. You know, as I've preached many times, we try to make the water too clean and corals don't live in clean water. There's, there's a lot of stuff in water above a coral reef and the corals are constantly filtering and that's where they're getting their nutrition from. But it is it is a way to make your water really clean. Uh, and how else would you describe a filter sock? I mean, like you said, Hilly, a lot of us got along without them. I, I don't use them, but temporarily, you know, after you clean a tank and there's all that detritus floating around and the tank's pretty dirty, you put a filter sock in overnight just to clear it up. But I don't run any tank with a filter sock 24-7. That's just my personal preference. Well, I think no, I've got filter socks on all my tanks right now. Just that's how they were set up. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do. It's it's not wrong. Um, it's just a lot of you know, it's more work because filter socks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. They're going to clog. <laughs> There's just no doubt about it. And that you means, need to change those suckers like once a week. Yeah, and if you don't, they're going to overflow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they trap all sorts of nasty stuff in there. Yeah. So it just it just depends. I think if if uh, you know, you're doing a fish only tank and you're trying to really, you know, keep the amount of detritus floating around in the water to a minimum, a filter sock is great. Uh, yeah. but to be fair, most of my tanks are fowler fish only tanks. So my, and I feed very heavy in all of them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Then I would be using a filter sock. 
strictly coral tanks? No. Now, say, you know, you want to do that, but you don't have a sump. Well, there are companies that make holders and you put it at the top of the aquarium and there's a bracket that you affix to the sides of the the tank and then you direct the water uh, from a pump or, you know, from from a reactor that you, may, you might be using back into the filter sock uh, that, that's hanging. Now, the thing about that, though, is you've got this filter sock hanging in your aquarium. Not, not the prettiest thing in the world. Not very attractive. No. And there are, there are companies with the faults back that, you know, have a section with the filter sock. And uh, most some manufacturers have where you can use filter socks. You can take, put them in, use them for a while. Don't have to do 24-7. It's just whatever your tank, you're going to know. If your tank is looking cloudy, then run your filter sock. But basically, the question is what it is. It's a it's a passive, fine mechanical filtration where the water uh, has to go through it if you plumb your system correctly. Yeah. Now, I'm kind of curious to know, just hearing that you don't use filter socks. If you're listening to this, uh, leave us a comment wherever you're listening and let us know if you use filter socks on your tank and what kind of tank you have. Okay. Moving on. Question number 11. My nitrates and phosphates are zero. And I have dinos. Should I be using waste away or refresh? Yes. But the first thing you have to do, and I don't want to be flippant about that, but the the reason you have dinos is your nitrate and phosphate are zero. So waste away and refresh are not going to work that well. And at best, they are a temporary band-aid because the water quality in your tank is promoting dinos. And you can solve it temporarily, but they're going to come back. I'm just trying to save you the the headache and the frustration of my tank looks good for three days and now they're back. You've got to get your nutrients up. The the phosphate needs to be about at least 0.03 to 0.05. It has to be measurable. You know, you don't have to go one or two or even 0.1 or two, but you need some phosphate. The nitrate needs to be at least five, five to ten. And to do that, well, a lot of times when people have this, they've got what I call, you know, the kitchen sink filtration. They've got everything on that system. Uh, You know, it could be a reactor, algae scrubber, um, some type of phosphate removing media, just just everything. And in the mistaken belief that I need to get rid of nitrate and phosphate. Well, when you get those down to zero... The dinos are going to, dinoflagellates are going to take over. So, you know, long term, remove some of that extra filtration uh, or feed more or supplement with some vitamins, amino acids, something to get the phosphate and nitrate up. Then, then you can use the refresh and the dinos to knock, I mean, refresh and, and waste away to knock the dinos back. But now that you've got a little bit of phosphate and nitrate, the system will turn and the dinos won't come back. That's just the, the honest answer. I'd love to sell you more fo- uh, nit- refresh and waste away. But long term, you've got to get the water quality fixed for long term fix. We can sell you products all day, but if you don't fix the initial issue, you're just going to be you're just going to be frustrated. Then you're going to think the, you're just going to think the product didn't work and be frustrated at us. But uh, yeah. these, you know, you can do chemical means and, and everything's going to come back. And, t- you know, you, you can blast it out with different types of chemicals. But I guarantee you the dinoflagellates are going to come back when you have no nitrate, and no phosphate, because that system is 
just the basically the only things that can grow in that system. Got to get okay. All right, number twelve. What happens to the nitrifying bacteria if I don't have any levels of nitrate on my test kit? If they die, can I use waste away to put them back, or should I use the one and only? Thanks. Read that again. What happens to the nitrifying bacteria if I don't have any levels of nitrate on my test kit? If they die, can I use waste away to put them back in the system or should I use one and only? I think this person is confusing nitrifiers with waste away bacteria. So the, the nitrifiers don't need nitrate to live. And I mean, they, they don't need ammonia every day, but if, if there's fish or coral, any, you know, any living organism in the aquarium, the ammonia is being produced. So I think this person means what happens to the waste away bacteria if there's no nitrate in the water. Does that make more sense to you, Hillary? It does. Some of these questions I'm a little confused. <laughs> Yeah. When we when we get them, but yeah, that yeah. makes more sense. So 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 what happens? You know, why do you have to constantly add the waste away? Well, in nature, everything is food, and bacteria are food for other types of organisms, things that grow in the substrates. Plus, you know, most we all want clear water. We want to see things. We don't want dirty water. So th the things that we use, the skimmer is really good at removing bacteria. UV kills bacteria. Your, fil your filter sock, you're trapping bacteria in there, even though bacteria are you know, less than a micron. When your filter sock becomes clogged up with organics and the slime that grows in there from bacteria breaking down those organics, that filter sock can become solid. I mean, the water can't even pass through it. You take the filter sock and hold it above your tank or above a bucket. It's full of water. And nothing's coming out of there. Thing is like a cement block because of the biofilm. And there are organisms growing in that slime that are basically eating the bacteria that are in the slime. So everybody's food for everybody. And that's why you have to constantly add these combination of the bacteria being eaten and the system uh, removing or killing the bacteria. But if there's no nitrate, you know, there's no nitrate that you can measure. They're breaking things down. The waste away bacteria degrade things. And, uh, you know, if there's no bacteria, they'll wait. Bacteria, very, you know, bacteria are very patient. We wish we could be as patient as bacteria are until um, the conditions get better. I just picture bacteria just like sitting there, you arms, know, like arms crossed, lounge chair, just waiting. Yeah, just, that's it. <laughs> Talk about in line for the newest right. Apple product, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Hello, I use your products, the one and only, and the ammonia to fishless cycle my 40-gallon tank. Today is the 10th day. Ammonia is 8 parts per million on the API test kit. Nitrite looks close to 5 ppm. My ammonia has been at 8 since I started. I added 30 drops more than I was supposed to. Should I do a water change? Yes. Do the water change because you're basically stuck. The ammonia's high. The nitrite's high. Um, and while we teach, teach patients, there are preach patients, uh, there are ways to, to speed that up and a water change will reduce the ammonia and nitrite. The bacteria will start working faster and you can continue on to your site. And, and we, I don't know if you're, how many more questions? Because folks, I don't see the questions. 
you know, Hillary puts these together and, and I don't see them. Um, Cause there was one person was saying, you know, per the directions, I added ammonia on the first day, the third day, the fifth day, the seventh day, and now it's sky high. The directions do not say absolutely positively, you must add ammonia on those days. The directions say, get test kits. And if the ammonia and nitrite are below two, you add more ammonia. You just don't blindly add the ammonia every day. Or this, in many cases, the ammonia and the nitrite will get so high that it blocks the system, that it just kind of blocks the whole process. The te- you need test kits to guide you through this process and make it less um, frustrating. Shameless plug. Uh, we sell test kits. If you need test kits, let us know. I will, I will send you a direct link. All right. This is another question about ammonia. The ammonia I purchased from you says four drops per U.S. gallon. Did that change at some point? Yes. When we first started, and this is a long, long time ago in a gallery, 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 ding, blew that galaxy far, far away. Um, we used to make one drop per gallon, but that was super concentrated. People are having problems counting drops and people overdosed the ammonia quite easily. So I would say it's been 10 years ago uh, that we switched to four drops per gallon. Now, people might think, well, your YouTube video says one. Yes, and the YouTube video was made in about 2008 or nine and has hundreds of thousands of hits. And if we change it, it goes back down to zero and you won't find it very well. So that's why we have a tag on there and a little pop-up that says we changed this a long time ago. Use four drops per gallon. Yep. And if you don't feel comfortable using four drops per gallon, you can also, you know, use two, use three. You don't have to go the full four drops. I feel like I I talk to people a lot telling them that. Yeah. It's an, you know, it's a suggestion. It's it, you don't have to, the, the tank will still process. And the fact is we do get a fair amount of people that are cycling for us, you know, a betta or just two clownfish. One drop or two drops per gallon is plenty for that. With the four drops, you are building a large population of nitrifiers to handle stocking the tank at a pretty big level. So it's kind of logical that if you're only going to do a a single beta or a couple of clowns, you can dial back the ammonia. The system will cycle much faster because you're adding, you know, there's no reason to save the two ounce bottle of ammonia, shake it, pour it all in there. And now if you're only adding one drop, those bacteria are going to be able to take care of that quite fast. And it and you'll be plenty of bacteria growing for the few fish that you're going to put in the tank. Yep. Okay. Here is our last question of this Q&A podcast. How should I acclimate my new tridactyl clam that's arriving soon? I usually see the salinity and only temperature used to acclimate fish, and then I place them in a tank. Should I drip acclimate the clam and then add some ammonia neutralizing drops such as Seacom Prime? Um, I also have first defense if that will do. And then should I begin a drip? I am not a drip acclimation person unless there is a huge reason Maybe temperature, maybe pH, but the problem with drip acclimation is your animal is sitting in crappy water, to be blunt. And as you drip acclimate, you're going to raise the pH, which is going to change that ammonia, ammonium to ammonia, and that's going to stress the animal even further. 
if you are going to drip acclimate, make sure that you have really good aeration uh, and try to, well, basically don't drip acclimate unless you actually have to. T take the animal, assuming the temperature and pH are close, and put it in good fresh seawater, good fresh, fresh water. I don't like to use chemicals. The water, you know, needs to be dechlorinated, but to use chemi or a C the C chem prime or anything like that to control ammonia in the uh, bag water is is kind of counterproductive to to my thinking. You want to get the animal out of that poor water, get it into good water, let it flush itself, and then you can move it to the aquarium. And why do I say let it flush itself? Well, if you've listened to our podcast, you'll know that the vast majority of these animals use passive diffusion. If the ammonia, the ammonia concentration is normally higher in the animal, it passively diffuses to the lower ammonia concentrated water, the aquarium water or the bucket water. Well, in shipping, the shipping water has high ammonia. And so that passive diffusion, the, the ammonia is going into the animal. And so you take that animal out and put it into the aquarium, it's probably going to release a bunch of ammonia into the aquarium. So have an intermediate step. Have a bucket of really nice water or tank of really nice water. Don't have to have any substrate for now. Take the animal out of the shipping bag, put it in this intermediate bucket or aquarium, and let it flush. The, the water, the ammonia will go now from the high concentration in the animal to the low concentration of the bucket or the aquarium. Lots of aeration, maybe darken it. None of these fish you know, or animals want super bright lights at this point or maybe ever. And let it swim around. Then an hour or two later, remove it to its quarantine tank where you, know, where you can uh, check it out and prophylactically treat it. Uh, that, that's what I, what I recommend. I don't like drip acclimating. I think it does more harm than good in almost all cases. Sure, there are some cases where you might have to, but I would say 99% of the cases, there's no reason to drip acclimate. That's just my personal preference based on 30 years of acclimating a lot of fish and a lot of animals. All right. That's good advice. And I think, I don't know, I feel like we could do a whole podcast on acclimation. I know we've talked about that before, but we should actually do that. Yep, we should. Okay. Well, that's it for today, Hillary. It is. I have a couple more questions, but I think we'll save them for next month because they're pretty lengthy. Okay. Yep. Great. All right, everyone. Well, this has been Dr. Tim and Hillary and another session of Dr. Tim's Aquatics podcast question and answers. Now, I know one question is where can you, how can you contact us with your questions? Lots of different ways. What Twitter is that Dr. Tim in info at Dr. Tim's Aquatics. Yep. Instagram is what is Dr. This? Tim's Aquatics. Dr. Tim's Aquatics. There's a theme there. Dr. Tim's Aquatics. We're not that hard <laughs> to find. Now, I, well, you know what? You know what? I say you say that. Yeah, I was going to say. Got to make sure you're spelling it right. <laughs> yes. There's no space. And and we are not Dr. Tim's pet food. That, there's yeah. another Dr. Tim's. He's not as handsome or dynamic as me. Um, and he, he makes a, a high performance dog food up in the frozen Midwest. Um, and people do write him thinking he's 
Dr. Tim's Aquatics and they get all mad when they don't answer. But usually they're, they're very nice. They're very nice people and they direct them to us. So you've got to make sure you've got Dr. Tim's Aquatics. We're the aquatic people, not the dog food. Exactly. All right, everyone. Thanks very much. We appreciate it. Uh, info at Dr. Tim's Aquatics or all over social media. And we'll try to get to your questions. Take care, everyone. Be safe.